You're very welcome along to the Benchwarmers podcast week three, a co-production between Benchwarmers.ie and Cork's Red FM. Uh, Rory O'Hagan here with you along with Neville O'Donoghue. Neville, how are you, sir? Good, Rory. How are you? Busy weekend of sport. Yeah, it was great. Six Nations, Premier League, um, Valentine's Day was cancelled yesterday. Uh, it was, I must say I totally enjoyed the Leicester Arsenal game. Yeah, it was uh, uh, fascinating stuff. We'll get into it in a bit more detail in a little bit later on. But uh, now it's time to introduce the third bench warmer. Yeah. Third boy band member. Join- third member of our little boy band. Joining us by the wonders of modern technology that is the mobile phone, Mr. Aidan O'Sullivan. How are you, sir? I'm very, very well. How are you doing, gents? Okay? Uh, well, let's get to the studio soon. It hasn't been the same without you. Yeah, you know, like I, you know, I've done a bit of work for Red FM. I've done a bit of work for Benchwarmers. Whoever will pay me the most, you know, I can I can be available. You're no getting paid there. for this, yeah? Oh yeah, big time. I big better deal. talk to Neville here because I'm not getting anything for this. <laughs> oh, big deal in player. I'll, I'll have to get my agent to talk to your people. You get my agent to talk to your agent, and both of our agents will talk to Neville's agent, and that's what we'll sort it out. So, what do you get paid? But as a matter of interest, is it like you I know, a bag of chips you. and a can of tenora? Like? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. It's too much. It's too much to talk about. Intriguing stuff, indeed. Uh, my agent could be getting a call for this. Imagine if I had an agent. <laughs> Imagine. All right, we are going to talk Premier League football because that is what we do on this podcast and what a weekend it has been. I mean, like, the big game we have to talk about is Arsenal's uh, win over Leicester City yesterday. I think everybody who wasn't an Arsenal fan cursed to high heaven when Danny Welbeck headed in that goal. Neville, what was your reaction? Was it the 95th minute? Mm. You'd you'd have to feel for, um, for Leicester here because... Sport uh, changes in small margins, and you'd like to think if Leicester held out there for the draw, it would have been a massive result, you know. But you'd have to think maybe was that the turning point now that the that that Arsenal got that two one victory against Leicester and they go on to Man United next week. Uh, it was a massive result, uh, but still, having said that, we were talking to Rob from Arsenal TV last week. Is it twelve games left now? There's still a long way to go, and I've no doubt there'll still be a few more twists and turns. A lot of football to be played. Danny Welbeck uh, not playing since it was March of last year I believe so 10 months out 11 months out comes back and uh, scores that header Aidan what was your reaction when he scored it? Yeah it was fantastic for Welbeck as you said 10 months out um, uh, apparently he's been going well so well in training since the injury that uh, Wenger had to put him on the bench it's you know dream stuff for him he comes off the bench scores the winner um, good header as well but you have to feel sorry for, for Leicester <clears throat> is this the turning point? we don't know You know, can they still stick in there? are they going to win the league? No, I'm not so sure. Can they stick in there for um, a fourth place? That's definitely still possible. But uh, you got to feel uh, you got to feel maybe this is the turning point. Maybe you now we might see them to start going down. You know. All right. So he hasn't played since April of last year. Actually, mm. this is what he said on Sky Sports News yesterday. Bit of a roller coaster for me. Obviously, missing a lot of football. And it's the first time in my career that I've missed so much football. And it was a difficult moment. My fam- family and friends are all there. They know what I've been through and. Um, yeah, to get that winning goal, it's a, it's a beautiful feeling. So that's what Danny Welbeck said after the game yesterday. Good to see him back, though, because, I mean, like, uh, this is a guy with... When he was at United, you could see the raw potential there. He wasn't the, the finished project by any stretch of the imagination. He moved to Arsenal, a lot of pressure on his shoulders. But, Neville, it's good to see him back, and hopefully he can start repaying the faith that Arsene Wenger has in them. Yeah, another player, Van Gaal, left go, is it? Um, like, you can see Di Maria playing great stuff over on PSG as well. But he's, um, I, I think he's a, a serious talent. He's got serious pace. He probably suits the Arsenal game a lot more than he would have suited the United game. And um, yeah, he, not even that England run great. All the tweets yesterday, like um, if you look at all the fellas, uh, Harry Kane scored, Vardy, Danny Welbeck, um, who else scored? England are looking in great shape for the Euros as well. So you know, but he's he's a super talent, and I'm ho- I hope he fulfills his potential at Arsenal. Were you surprised when he came on, Aidan? Yeah, I think obviously I knew about the injury, and I wasn't sure how fit he was going to was going to be. Just to, you know, get him back on the bench would have been nice, but to come off the bench and, and score so late in the game as well. But that's a great point, you know, about about the these guys that Van Gaal has let go. You know, they're all they seem to be playing so well, and you know how United could do with a Danny Welbeck right about now. Uh, Wenger meanwhile said he had uh, no choice but to throw him on when the match was at one-one. Yes, I'd be so happy for him because he was not obvious to select him. He has not played a minute. Uh, for 10 months uh, in the first team and uh, I put him on because uh, we were in a position where we had to score and we finished with four strikers. Yeah, uh, he's a great guy. You know, he's a great guy to come off the bench. He's got the pace. He's got the kind of wherewithal within the box. 
you know, and that was a great header as well. So, um, you know, he's, he is a quality player. As you say, he did have some, you know, raw potential at Man United. That I really do believe that, you know, he could have played so well for them and he would have been pivotal for them this season. But look, uh, Arsene Wenger takes a chance on someone and, uh, you know, he's been absolutely great for Arsenal. Well, yeah, yesterday was the type of game for the boys with the raw potential. Welbeck yeah. or Walcott, another another player that has been at Arsenal 10 years. And what were you saying there last week, Roy? Um uh, all potential but no um no end product. Yeah, you know, but to be fair they came up with the goods yesterday. Uh um Walcott and uh anyway so you know it's um it was it was great to see. The game kinda of turned I think on um on Simpson's red card yesterday. Like that second yellow that he picked up was just absolutely idiotic and I hope Claudio Ranieri is keeping his wages from him this week because that cost him a, a massive point and also just basically handed Arsenal all three points in the play yesterday Yeah, the, the, I think what um, even though even though Leicester lost I think uh, they're still going to get some time off I think Ranieri has agreed to, that they're going to get some uh, time in the sunshine so uh, I think I'm not sure how, <laughs> how he's paying them back that way but yeah I mean it was uh, such a, a silly sending off and have them for 10 minutes but such a long part of the game it was, it was crazy stuff really yeah, they've no game this week because it is FA Cup week. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But uh, the question is, can they maintain the ch- challenge? Going to hear about briefly from Claudio Ranieri. He says that everything is uh, still to play for in the league title. I know everybody wants unless uh, we win the league. Uh, but to win the title is not our mm, more important thing. No, we want our fans continue to to dream. But for us, it's important to work hard. So there's two, they're two points ahead of Arsenal, who uh, are looking good. They're also two points ahead of Tottenham, who had a fantastic win over Manchester City yesterday. Did you see this coming, Neville? I, I didn't actually. Tottenham are, the, are surprising everyone. Harry Kane has found some great form at the end of the season, which is brilliant. Um, Eriksen scored a goal to win it. Um, I think Tottenham are a quality side. I, I think they're going to... Uh, they, I, I think they have it as well to take on uh, Arsenal. I, I still, like you'd still question are Leicester going to die off? But um, I think if anyone can go on and really push Arsenal as Tottenham, but it's it's uh, yeah Tottenham that was a massive result. Like you'd have to wonder Man City <laughs> after they lost concentration with the whole Pep uh, circus that's been going on. I don't know, but mm. um, no, I, th- I don't think they've looked like a good team all season to be honest. No, they haven't. Like I remember the staff season fellas were saying Man City are going to run away with the league. As I said to you last week, Roy, I knew that wasn't going to happen because they don't have the experience that like some Man United and these teams had in the past. But um, yeah, they're they, I, I still they probably need to strengthen a few more in, in places at Man City. They've gone under the radar though, Aidan. I mean, like when you talk about title challenges, it's all been Leicester, Arsenal, Man City, but Tottenham just seem to be doing their business very quietly, very efficiently, and just kind of flying under the radar. Yeah, I think uh, they, you know, Spurs have to be looking at this season now, thinking if we're ever going to do it, this is the season that we're going to do it because um, you know they're 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 right up there. You know, it was a great win against City. Um, I take Neville's point about the about the whole Guardiola thing. I think once once you know once that news is out there and the players know that the new manager is coming in, does it make it difficult for them then to uh, to play for Pellegrini? I think that's I think that's definitely a factor. Great win for Spurs, um, as you say, Harry Kane, you know, playing really, really well, and uh, great goal by Eriksen to win it. So Spurs, if, they, if they're ever going to do it, you know, this is the year they're going to do it. See, what I don't get about the Man City squad is they have a new manager coming in. They know they have a new manager coming in. They know how rootless he is and that he's likely going to clear out all the dead wood. So this is their audition period for Pep Guardiola. These are the games where they have to be busting along to to make an impression and make an effort on their incoming manager because you know damn well he's going to be looking at those games and seeing which players performing and seeing which uh, players are not. So for them to underperform like they are, it's just kind of baffling, especially with the new man coming in. Yeah, but he, he, he's not there yet. He's not there yet. I think, I think once he comes on board and he, and he brings his backroom staff, I think there is a change in dynamic there and perhaps... Um, the city players have just gone off the off the ball a little bit. Um, you know, that's I think that's one one factor in it. Another factor is you know taking the game uh, against Spurs. You know, was that a pen? You know, Sterling is looking away from the ball. Uh, it does hit his arm. Was it a pen? What do you think? That was one of the harshest penalties I've ever seen. Danny yeah. Rose crosses in the ball. Sterling jumps. Um, turns his back towards the ball because you're not going to get hit square in the face with a, a cross. Yeah. It's not fun, so that's fair enough. Everybody does it. His elbow is tucked in by his side. It hits him in the ribs underneath his elbow and somehow the referee gives a penalty. I just, I, 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 it was unfathomable. I never, yeah, what do you it's think? It's not a pen. It's not a pen for me. No way. 
No, that wasn't a penalty. No, I'd fully agree with that. But I think the one thing we're ruling out in all this as well, lads, is that hunger and desire has a lot to do in uh, football, in sport in general. I think uh, Man City, they've won it a few times. I think the likes of Tottenham and Arsenal, they haven't won it now in a good while. And they, I think they want it more. I think you can see that. Like For me, Tottenham... A draw would have been a good result as well at the Emirates yesterday, but they didn't settle for that. They kept going at him. Um, and a lot of that, I think, is down to Mauricio Pochettino. He's done a fantastic job with that team. He seems to have them fired up playing some nice football, and they all seem to be working hard together. Uh, this is what he had to say after the game yesterday. It's important to start to, to feel that when you come to play in a, in a pitch or in a stadium like Manchester City, again, a, a big, big team, uh, you can win. This is his... Uh, um, it's a very important thing for the future. So yeah, you, this guy, he's been attracting rave reviews for uh, Tottenham's performances. There's been reports linking with Manchester United, which is uh, tabloid journalism at its finest, I think. He seems to be happy enough at Tottenham, but uh, Aiden, he, he has them firing. He has them playing some nice football, and they actually are a pleasure to watch. Yeah, you know what you're going to get with Spurs. You know, they're, they're always going to play um, very attractive football. That's the way that that's that's the tradition of Spurs. Um, this uh, guy has come in and he's kept that tradition going. There, there, you know. Once you've got Kane up there, uh, and, and you know, and he's playing very, very well, they're always going to score goals. He's always going to be dangerous in the around the box. And this Pochettino to United thing is very, very interesting. I suppose, as you say, it is it is tabloid journalism at its best. But any link that's there, I suppose, um, you know, is a worry for Spurs because Spurs have got to want to hold on to this guy. He's building the nucleus of a really, really good team and a really, really good squad. As you say, they're playing really good football. And to get, a, to get a win like they got yesterday, you know, they're going in the right direction. Uh, and if they don't win the league this year, then they'll certainly be challenging for years to come under this manager. So I think it's vital that they actually hold on to him. I'm not sure, I'm not sure is the United's uh, link, you know, is that fathomable? I don't know. But the fact that it's there, Spurs need to mm. be worried. Well, uh, the Sun reporting today that Jose Mourinho to Old Trafford is a done deal, but I've uh, been hearing that for the last couple of weeks, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how that goes. So at the top of the table, Leicester 53 points, Tottenham and Arsenal 51, Man City falling a bit back on 47, Manchester United falling even further back against uh, a Sunderland side, uh, fighting relegation. That's two good results in a week for Sunderland after their draw against Liverpool last week and beating Manchester United today. And it's looking more and more like Louis van Gaal's position is becoming untenable. Yeah, no, I think it is. I, I never rated him when he went in the door. As I, I, I've gone on record, I thought David Moyes got completely shafted, but that's yeah. no more here nor there now. But, uh, he's got a worse record than David Moyes. Yeah, you know, I and you think the amount of money he's after spending as well, you know. Mm. And that's just that, as you said, he's after leaving go all the players. You think after going out buying De Maria for how much and going to all that effort of buying him, fair enough, he might have had one bad year, but try and stick with him and see how he gets on. But yeah, uh, but one thing we're underestimating here, lads, is never underestimate Big Sam. He's a, an expert at this, at getting teams out of the, the, the drop zone. But um, yeah, it was it was an awful result for uh, Man United yesterday, and yeah, I'd say the exit doors are looking uh, quite close, you know, because they're not playing good football at all. You know, they're they, they crap to watch. Yeah, they don't. They, they don't even look. They didn't even look like beating Sunderland. Uh, they didn't look Saturday. bothered either. Yeah, you know, it's they it's, didn't look arsed like they genuinely didn't. Yeah, it's it's awful football. Um, I uh, yeah, it's, I'd say he's on the way out. Really, to be honest. And there's talk that Mourinho is going to come in. Is he the right man, Eden? Uh, I think uh, you know he's he's the only man <laughs> I think <laughs> from the from the managers that are available. Uh, you know he wants the job. He wanted the last time, and um, when it became available, I think uh, Ferguson probably wouldn't have him um, at that time. But I think things 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 change in sport, and I think now at the moment um, he probably is the right guy to come in. United were so poor against Sunderland; it was just and and, and as you mentioned, Rory, it was like they didn't care. It was just. The goals, the goals that Sunderland scored, they were avoidable. There was nothing going forward. Um, fourth place now for United is looking, it's looking very unlikely if they keep playing like this. Uh, so the exit door has to be there for Van Gaal. Um, it's got to be Mourinho. It's got to be Mourinho. I don't think there's anyone else that can come in to a club like United and 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 start. Like they, like he needs to start from the minute he the minute he arrives in the door. But they were so poor against Sunderland. Look, the, the big thing I would say was Van Gaal was brought in to do a job now. 
not for the future. You know, he was mm. United. They trade in the on the market or whatever. So you know their 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 value was dropping there. So they were, he was brought in to do a job now. If that was if he was brought in to build something, they should have stuck with David Moyes. But that's why they're looking to bring in Mourinho because you can say what he wants. He storms off after three years, <laughs> but Mourinho he he comes in and he he changes the whole thing straight away. And as he's he's big enough to take on the mantle of Manchester United. You know he's got an ego big enough to do that. And he but, is, but th- that seems to be the risk with the risk with Mourinho and that. He will come in. He may, um, you know, get some short-term success. But on the other side of things, he could ruin the club's reputation for years down the road. And that is the that is what yeah. the, the board and the, the people that work with United that is what they have to start out with. Mourinho, if he is coming in, you know, there's a certain way that he has to behave. And you know, some of the things he's done with Chelsea, obviously, and, and even with Real Madrid when he was there, you know, they're, they're, they're they've been really off the cuff and really, you know, not the way that he should be behaving. He can't carry on like that at United. Yes. I think he brings short-term success, but they need to speak to him and say, look, you know, this is a big club, you know, there's a certain way you need to behave, and that's the problem with Mourinho. You know, that's the problem with him. Yeah, they're now 10 points off the automatic qualification spots for the Champions League, six points off that fourth place. Um, Van Hal was asked after the game on Saturday if he could finish in the top four, and this is what he had to say. It shall be very difficult now, uh, but, but we shall fight t- till the end, but uh, we have to do that with aggression. So he's saying it's looking unlikely that Man United are going to finish in the top four and that uh, the Europa League, winning the Europa League is their route to the Champions League. I'm sure that's what every Manchester United fan wants to hear. I don't think any Man United fan <laughs> gives two hoots about the Europa League. But um, yeah, but one interesting thing as well, I was talking to a fellow over the weekend about is, I'd say the days of Wenger and Ferguson, these type of managers doing 20 odd years at a club, they're finished, you know. Like Now you get, you know, three years is probably the longest you get. But yeah, Man United... They're far off. I, I've been saying it now for the last four weeks. For me, the f- top four spots are sewn up now at this stage. As I said, Leicester are there, Tottenham are there, Arsenal are there, and Man City are there. And I can't see if anyone looks like dropping this Man City, but I don't think they'll drop. So for me, yeah, I'd say United can forget about the top four. Liverpool. We discussed Liverpool last week in depth uh, following that uh, draw with Sunderland. Uh, bounced back in superb style, especially considering their FA Cup performance during the week uh, with a 6 0 hammering of Aston Villa. Now, let's not get carried away. I reckon the three of us would have beaten Aston Villa yeah. yesterday <laughs> on our own. Um, Aston Villa looked like they are going to be relegated. I think that, like yesterday, was the final nail in the coffin. They're eight points away from safety with 12 games to go, and that's a massive amount when you're at that uh, end of the table. But uh, Liverpool looking good yesterday. Daniel Sturridge uh, returning from injury, scored, played, and the big thing is, I actually don't think he got injured for once. <laughs> yeah, well, like the Liverpool are um, no. Let's be honest. Jimmy Carragher tore into Aston Villa uh, after the game, and yeah, I'd go along with him. Aston Villa are probably one of the worst sides I've ever seen in the Premier League. They're rubbish. They don't look bothered at all. No, but sure, the best left was Julian Lescott. You know, after <laughs> I saw the this game, in the bench warmers oh, last yeah, night. As they say, better let low. <laughs> uh, just after getting beat six nil, better lay low for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Fick it. Just after buying a new car, let's post that up. Like you know, that's that's bang out of what water, was it? Like. One hundred twenty-two grand Merc or something, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a joke. Like you know, like there's a lack of brains there to be honest to be posting that. You know, so you know, I couldn't understand it. So that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. it was posted. He didn't mean to do it. His phone was in his pocket. Allegedly, and the tweet went out. But what you that's think is correct? I mean, it's, uh, it's hard it's, to tweet from your pocket, even bull. by accident, because yeah. you got to open the app. The app then has to hit the open media button. It then has to select the picture. You then have to press that's OK, and then you say. have to press the tweet button. So that's a lot of coincidences to happen when your phone is in your pocket. I don't think it's even possible. No, I'm not saying it's impossible. I've often accidentally dialed someone, like, you know, when my phone is in my pocket, but I've never gone the six or seven steps that it takes to tweet out a picture no. by accidentally having my phone in my pocket. Look, it, it, it didn't happen. It didn't happen, okay? It, it was, as you say, you know, get beaten 6 nil and putting out a tweet like that is absolutely ridiculous. I think they, a lot of the Villa players, you know, they really need to look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know, as professionals, even, even from a, a professional level, what are they playing as to be, you know, to be in that position and then to get drubbed six 0 by Liverpool? You know, okay, Liverpool were good, uh, and Storage is very, very good. You know, the guy is very injury prone, and uh, you know, if he can stay fit, you know, he's he's very, very exciting. Along with Coutinho, I think with the two of them in the team, uh, it rises Liverpool up, and they play they play some fantastic stuff. And obviously, they they, they bag six goals. And what's Villa? I mean, I think they're down. I think they're gone. 
Yeah, this is what uh, Jurgen Klopp had to say about uh, re- the returning Daniel Sturridge yesterday. It's not a surprise that he that he can score goals, of course, but it's um, surprisingly how 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 good tuned he is with the team and when he when he starts his his, his movements and um, his uh, he's a real striker. But yeah, Villa looking more and more likely that they are going to be relegated afterwards. Uh, Remy Gard apologised to the fans. Let's hear what I hear to say. No time to to complain too much, to to moan about uh, I don't know what, you know. Uh, we have to be professional until the end and uh, that we'll find uh, 11 players for the next game that want to fight. That's a big step, isn't it? Coming out and apologising to supporters after a defeat like that. Yeah, well, it has to be done. You know, that's just How has he not been fired yet? Who wants that job, you know? It's an absolute... Uh, they're, they're rotting fastly. But he's right to come out and apologise. 6-0 at home is just not acceptable. I don't care who you're playing. Even if you're playing... Well, if you're playing Barcelona, it could be the worst looking at last night. But um, no, it's just not acceptable getting beat by 6-0 when you look at the money some of those players are on. It's, it's a disgrace. And uh, you're on about Man United. Look, dead. Aston Villa, there was no bit of fighting them or anything yesterday. From day one, you knew, you even knew before the game kicked off that Liverpool going to win this, you know? Yeah, I think, I think performance, obviously we can talk about performance, is, is one thing, but, you know, heart. Heart is something yeah. else. Heart is being professional. It's about putting on, the, putting on the shirt and going out and giving your best. And the Villa players, they're not doing it, and the Villa management are not doing it. And, you know, we feel sorry for a, a club like Villa to be in this position, you know, such rich history, history with them. Uh, but it looks like I, can't, I cannot see them coming out of this. I think they're gone. Yeah, definitely. I'm just looking back over the other results of the weekend. I suppose Chelsea's big win over Newcastle catching the eye there. They looked in red hot form and a couple of nice goals from Pedro as well, who hasn't gotten much of a look in this season uh, with Chelsea. Maybe he should have gone to Manchester United <laughs> at the start of the season when uh, both clubs were offered to him. But uh, yeah, they looked good yesterday on Saturday, didn't they? Yeah, Diego Costa scoring there again, which is great. Um, the big thing there as well is you know they're saying Gostidic is only temporary well you know something I actually like Gostidic uh, mm-hmm. if there's no one out there why not just stick but with I don't him? think he wants the job on a full time basis does he doesn't he well he's probably right too you know with a club like that I think that, he's happy just coming in looking after a few games and then heading off doing whatever yeah, well, adventure st- takes him he steadied the ship before again you know he's I, I like him I think even the post match interviews he comes across very well he's after he's after doing a great job with him uh, where they were they, 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 they haven't lost a game now in a good while they're after going in a massive winning streak or on streak, yeah, on beaten streak, they are Chelsea. But the big question here again is Newcastle. Just quickly, like the amount of money they spent in the January transfer window, I think they spent more than the whole of the Bundesliga in Germany. So you know, Steve McLaren is on, will be under massive pressure to keep Newcastle up because I think uh, I think Sunderland are going to get out of it, and I think I think Newcastle will stay up. You know, I think for me, obviously we know Villa. I think Bournemouth will slip into it. And I think Swansea will slip into it. Well, of the bottom five clubs, right? So Aston Villa and sixteen points. Then there's a gap between them and Sunderland on twenty. Newcastle and Norwich both have 24 Swansea on 27 and Bournemouth on 28 you'd think that West Brom on 32 points would be safe so it's between those five clubs so I mean like it's going to be hard for Newcastle to get out but you'd think that Bournemouth could be dragged into it Norwich could be dragged into it Swansea could be dragged into it it's it's very very open at the bottom yeah I, I think Newcastle just need to get out of it this year because I think for me they still are a big club up in the north of England I think Steve McLaren he's building something there I think they just need to get over of just surviving this year and mm. then I think they could actually push on next summer, next year if they buy a few players in the summer yeah, I think I think I think John Joe Shelby has been a uh, you know looks like a really really good signing for them. Um, he's sending them forward, but just on Chelsea, uh, they have not uh, lost the game now since uh, Mourinho has left the club. So <laughs> I take your point about Heating. I think they could do worse than actually hang on to the guy. I think they don't need to go out necessarily and look for a new manager. I think he could do a great job for them. And uh, I thought William as well. I thought uh, he played really really well. I think he's been their player of the season so far. But uh, yeah, five one against Newcastle, you'd kind of be expecting that uh, the way Newcastle are. But yeah, I, I take your point. I think. Uh, I think Newcastle with McLaren, and if he gets a good, uh, you know, some good signs, I think they they should be okay. They should stay up. As a Chelsea fan, if we don't get Simeone, just hold on, Hiddy, because we don't <laughs> want anyone else. Yeah. All right, that's well, it for the Premier League talk in part one. No Premier League fixtures. Look forward to this week. So we come back for part two. Gonna be looking ahead to the Champions League and the FA Cup. Part two of the Bench Warmers podcast, a co-production with Corks Red FM. Uh, before we get cracking on the Champions League, a reminder of our competition level. 
Oh yeah, we're starting this uh, tomorrow night. Champions League giveaway. We got a Boss speaker headphones, uh, a bench warmers hoodie, and um, I, t- I think that's it really. But the Boss speaker headphones, they retail at about 150. So do you know their quality? So yeah. So what are we gonna do, Rory? I suppose retweet and follow. But also uh, make sure to follow us on SoundCloud and we'll announce the winner next week. Yeah, keep an eye on the uh, Benchwarmers and social media for details on that competition starting tomorrow night for the Champions League, um, which kicks off tomorrow night with um, the big game of the week and certainly one that will have the most interest for us anyway. And that's Chelsea versus Paris Saint-Germain. Now, before uh, Chelsea went in this unbeaten run and before that 5-1 win over Newcastle, I think we all would have fancied PSG um, to round up a, a comprehensive win here but Chelsea need to go there they need to defend they need to come away with something to bring back to Stamford Bridge yeah I, um, it'll, this will be a great tie sure, as we all know PSG knocked Chelsea out last season of the Champions League so um, there's a lot of uh, quality in either sides Ibrahimovic um, I always struggle with his pronunciation <laughs> but I think I did that alright there um, quality player I think he's 32 now and he's still scoring goals you know they got Di Maria who you know United fans were sad to see him going away uh, he's playing good stuff for him over there they got a, a quality team and Chelsea I think they're back in form now again uh, Chelsea Chelsea still do have a, a strong, very strong squad, so I don't think can rule them. I think they're two very evenly matched teams, and I think it'll make for two great legs. I'm looking forward to it, I have to say. I think um, Gus Hilling is going to have uh, Chelsea set up perfectly well, though. Yeah, well, the the big thing, as you said, Chelsea are away first in the first leg, so I actually think it, it makes a big difference who comes out who comes out of the pot first so I think if Chelsea can go there if they can hold on maybe get a nil all draw or somewhere even sneak a goal and then bring them back to the bridge and hopefully take them from there well we said that last season that uh, mm. BSG took Chelsea at the bridge but I think Chelsea maybe did, did underestimate them a bit last year possibly yeah I think they won't do they won't do make the same mistake this year what would you fancy Eden? Yeah, it's, uh, it's all about, uh, I think, uh, getting a draw. A nil-nil would suit Chelsea and bring them back, as you say. Um, they're always capable of nicking a goal, though, particularly with Costa. But, you know, PSG, they have some brilliant players, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, they've got Cavani, of course, is there. Di Maria is there. Thiago Silva is, is, is the captain there. And, of course, they have Zlatan. And once you have Zlatan, uh, you're always going to be dangerous going forward. And I think he's in the last, uh, the final year of his uh, contract with uh, with Paris Saint-Germain. Where is he going so, to end up? I'd imagine yeah. whoever throws the most buckets of cash yeah. at him at the end of the year. I, I think that's the way his Latin works, isn't it? I think he's uh, he's definitely, uh, he's been around, you know, he's, he's played in all the major leagues when he come to England and, uh, and, and, and you know, maybe, um, you know, someone like maybe Spurs or Arsenal or something, you never know where he'd end up. But, uh, you know, he will play a pivotal role in the in the game against Chelsea. But look for me, it's got to be a, a, a draw for Chelsea. It's what they'll be looking for, and again, and then get them back uh, for the next leg. I love that man, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. It would be great seeing him light up the Premiership next year, wouldn't it? Or the Premier yeah, he'd be League, fantastic. He'd be such an addition to any, you know, like, like you know, apart from his goal scoring, obviously, um, you know, his experience. You know, he's been he's been there, he's been around the block, and he's played in so many different leagues. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. Where would he end up? I wonder. Who, who would who, who would he go to? Chelsea would, would throw money at him. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You go to Man City as well, and the other thing you're ruling out there, forgetting there as well, he'd also sell a shitload of jerseys. So, <laughs> you know, so. That's the technical term there, folks. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah even uh, reading uh, an interview there recently with uh, Thiago Silva, and he says that, you know, when, uh, when Zlatan speaks, you know, the whole dressing room listens. He's, he's just got that character, he's got that confidence about him, and of course, he scores wonder goals, you know, he scores worldies every, uh, every weekend. So he's a, he's a fantastic addition to, to any squad. Yeah, I think Chelsea's probably his most likely destination, though. It depends on he's who He's like came. London, wouldn't he? Zlatan. He'd like to go to London. I think he'd fit in there quite well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's also talked about going back to, to Sweden to finish his career. But I don't think his career is over after next year. I think no. he's got another couple of years left. No, for, for a guy like him, he's definitely got another one or two uh, years um, left in him at, at a very, very high level. So, yeah, I think, I think, I think England is the, next, is the next step for him. I can't see him going to LA either. You know, like mm. uh, Ronaldo has gone on record saying that he'd, he'd never like to finish off over, in, uh, like he said, he could have went to the Far East many the time because he said it's not about the money he wants to finish. I think Ibrahimovic would have the same attitude there. I think he'd like to finish at the top also, you know. But time will tell, you know, the money speaks in this game, you know. It's all about the money. Um, the other game tomorrow night is Benfica versus Zenit St. Petersburg. I'm not sure there'll be too much interest in that one. Um, one Europa League game as well for Fenerbahce against Lokomotiv Moscow at 5 o'clock. And then on Wednesday, Real Madrid go to Roma, which is an intriguing contest. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um, Real Madrid, 
They're uh, a bit of a mixed bag, I suppose, this season. You know, Zidane now is trying to build them back up again. But, uh, you know, they still have quality players. Gareth Bale's having a great season. Um, I, I can't understand these rumours that he'd be coming back to Man United. I, you wouldn't your Barney come back when you're with such a superstar <laughs> team. Why, why? Especially to Man United, like, you know. But um, Money again, dude. Yeah, well, I suppose. But um, It's not like he's poorly paid at Real Madrid, but if, he's, yeah. if again, if someone's throwing buckets of money on top that's, of him that's and tr- come to our team, he's going to go. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that's true. But looking at the game... Um, Real Madrid I fancy to come through this one you know Roma like to be honest how good are they really you know um, but it's yeah it'll be it'll be a good tie it'll be it's probably the second pick out of the bunch this week actually while we're on the t- subject of Spanish football somewhat rather briefly what do we make of Barcelona's penalty last night whereby no. Lionel Messi toe poked the ball forward for uh, Luis Suarez to, to get his hat-trick why not just leave Suarez take the penalty and also is it not a bit disrespectful to Celta Vigo yeah, social media is full of this, um, you know, this this whole disrespectful tag. Um, you know, you make a good point. Why, why not let Suarez take it? Why why have the extra touch from, from Messi? Why why did they need to do it? Was it disrespectful? Look, it was a bit of showboating, to be honest with you. I think more than anything. I, don't I didn't like it, I have to say. I didn't like yeah. it at all. Yeah, I, yeah, I think didn't, didn't Arsenal try something similar? Um, Thierry Henry with, um, I can't remember who it was now, um, but uh, it'll come to me. But they tried it and made a ball. Perez. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Perez. And they made a ball. Yeah, Perez. Yeah, they, they made a complete uh, hash of it, but uh, it worked out for, uh, for Barca. Look, I don't think it was disrespectful. I think uh, they were trying something. It was a little bit of showboating, but I don't think it was disrespect- disrespectful to the opposition team, no. I think if it's like their quality side Barcelona I think if it was on it was on you know I think yeah. you know you have to I know it might have been a bit of showboat and a bit cocky but you have to appreciate uh, quality as well you know and it was class to see as a spectator yeah. no. Suarez is absolutely on fire isn't he I mean he's you know it's been such um, a successful move for him to go to Barcelona after the, the I suppose the troubles that he had um, in the Premier League but uh, Suarez Neymar and Messi wow you know they're such uh, they're just fantastic players world class players the question is is Suarez better than Neymar is he in the top three yeah I think so I think uh, I think Suarez is a, is a is a goal getter and no matter where he's been no matter who he's played for he's always scored goals uh, you know whether the team um, is full of quality or not he's the guy that gets the goals and when you put him in a team like this with the attacking threat that uh, Barcelona have I mean he's going to shine and he's been absolutely fantastic 23 goals he's scored so far uh, in La Liga for Barcelona which is an absolutely incredible record Neymar with 17 and uh, Lionel Messi with a paltry 13 by comparison he's he's hungry isn't he Suarez you know (laughs) (laughs) he's hungry for goals uh, not for human uh, flesh well you know he likes a bit of that as well when he's going I like uh, um I, I like Suarez though he, I think he does come across well and uh, it's funny actually he always says whether you believe it or not he said if he did ever come back to the Premier League he wouldn't go to any other club but Liverpool so it's nice he still has that bit of attachment to Liverpool I suppose Liverpool fans could appreciate that but uh, he's a quality player I think they'd love to have him back wouldn't they I think they'd take him back in a heartbeat if he ever wanted to come back I think they'd, yeah. they'd accept him with open arms back again Jimmy Carragher interviewed him over the weekend and said uh, would you come back to Liverpool if I was the manager and uh, he said, yeah, maybe in three years. So Carragher said, oh, I better go start uh, my coaching badges then. Yeah. <laughs> top, top right. bands. Yeah, no. yeah, I think uh, any club, you know, this, 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 I think, uh, you know, he's, he always seems to be a player that has something to prove, Suarez. You know, he always he, he feels like he's got something to prove and he, he does that every time he puts on a jersey, no matter who he's playing for, whether he's playing international football or, you know, in, in La Liga. He seems to be a guy that's always got something to prove and that's a great trait within a footballer. It's funny, I remember last year, was this just finally, uh, Liverpool, they had some legends game on or something, and Suarez came back for us, Torres came back, Alonso came back, you know, just quality players that they've let go through the years, but uh, yeah, nearly break Liverpool fans here. Yeah, they could do with them at the moment, yeah. yeah. The other yeah. Champions League game on Wednesday is Ghent uh, versus Wolfsburg, and then on Thursday, the big one, the Europa League returns, and Manchester United uh, fans facing a trip to Denmark to face Michelin on Thursday we spoke uh, to the lads at Full Time Devils in the first podcast uh, on this show and they said no appetite whatsoever for the Europa League they'd rather not be in it and it's a waste of their time well, having said that though 
I'll be sitting down towards the evening and I'll be licking my lips at this one because six o'clock uh, kickoff as well. Yeah, because I they say there's no appetite, but still, if they lose this, you know, I'm sure there'll be a good backlash on social media. I can just imagine them yeah. with the bench warmers account just yeah. open, poise, oh, any like, mistake United yeah, make. Yeah, like we, we got us. We had to listen to Liverpool fans more last week because we we gave it Holly when they when they when they lost to West Ham last week, but. On the on the grounds of fairness, I'm sure I'll be <laughs> yeah, sitting. Fairness. Down, yeah, <laughs> we'll be sitting on Thursday, and if United slip up in Denmark, I'll uh, I'll be ready to go at them to uh, hell for later. Yeah, it's a game. But the question is really, you know, do do United have an appetite for this tie? Do United have an appetite for this competition, or is it just simply a big big distraction from them uh, uh, for trying to make the actual Champions League places? Uh, I I think you know United. The whole club, I think there's, there's just this big doom and gloom around at the moment. And to go to Denmark, to, you know, these teams, when you're playing them in their home patch, they can be quite dangerous. And if you guys don't get a goal early, they'll be under pressure. So I think, I think you know, well, if they come cropper against the, against these guys, you know, Van Gaal, is, he's another couple of inches towards that door, isn't he? I, I put a question to the two of you, I suppose I put it yourself, Rory, first. Um, the, uh, if you're the manager, though, what do you do? Because you look at Europa League, that's probably looking like their best chance of getting into the I think you've League. got to go balls out and try and win the competition to be perfectly yeah. honest with you yeah. and that's what they should be doing uh, Michelin is a team they should be beating uh, home and away and they should do that on Thursday they've no excuse they don't have a game of the weekend United are playing Shrewsbury on Monday in the FA Cup so there's no excuse not to go out and play their strongest starting 11 on Thursday get a good win get a couple of goals to bring back to Old Trafford maybe then you can look at maybe uh, resting a couple of players for the, 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 uh, for the return leg but I think they should be going balls out what do you think Eden? Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. You know, they have to they, ha- they have to get um, some confidence back into the team. That Sunderland result was an absolute disaster for them. The goals that they gave away were poor, poor defending. The whole the whole performance was just so so bad. So they're playing um, a team that they should be taking care of. They should be beating comfortably. I agree with you. Put out your strongest team and get goals. You know, get goals early and score as many goals as you can, and try to get some confidence and and, and some winning habits back within that team. Tottenham meanwhile in action on Thursday as well uh, it's a pretty big week for Tottenham they have Fiorentina away on Thursday at 6 o'clock and then uh, in the FA Cup uh, they're in action against Crystal Palace on Sunday so I mean they've been going great guns in the league but two poor performances uh, here yeah. in the Europa League and in the FA Cup could take a lot of that momentum away from them so it's a very very tricky period I think for them yeah it is I'd agree with that fully momentum's a, a huge thing in sport and um I'd say they should be looking to get the win in both these games. Crystal Palace, I'm not sure about Florentina, is it on Thursday night? Florentina Thursday. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not too sure who they have or what they're about, but like, that's they're going to be good at uh, you know Italian team there, isn't it? So they're they're going to be handy. But uh, Crystal Palace, they're they're a very good side. Alan Padridge done a great job, but a big derby as well. Yeah, like, you but know. if I was Tottenham, I would be focusing obviously very much on the on the Premier League because they got a right crack at it. But you can't rule out the other ones either, and it's important to keep the momentum going, as you say. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I think uh, the the Crystal Palace one is, uh, is is a tricky one for them. I think the Fiorentina game, um, I think they'll go there. You know, I, I think you know, I'm not sure how 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 important it is for them that competition, but uh, the Crystal Palace one is uh, it will be tricky. Alan Parrish has got them playing well. They have some good quality players and. Uh, I think uh, Adebayor is with them now as well so you never know what he's going to do so um, yeah it'll be interesting and Liverpool away to Augsburg as well mm. on Thursday kind of a, a tricky enough tie for Liverpool so they'll be hoping to at least uh, uh, to just to bring a, a positive result I suppose back well, Liverpool are out of the FA Cup they're, these are the only last two competitions they have isn't it Europa League and, uh, mm. and or, in, or in the League Cup final as well aren't they Sorry. Yes. but yeah so it'd obviously be great to try and win the League Cup final but uh, I think I think Liverpool actually have a squad good enough to compete and I think um, Jorgen Klopp will be trying to get as much as he can out of this year you know I think he still won't be judged till next year as we said and he's not going to want to lose in Germany either yeah exactly so I think if they can or full it, stop to be yeah, perfectly honest about I, I, if anything I'd actually t- think Liverpool will finish above Man United so if anyone oh! yeah, <laughs> if, if anyone can actually slip into the fourth spot I'd fancy Liverpool more than anyone so like, yeah. bold Statement yeah. from Mr. O'Donoghue out um, of nowhere. Yeah. Mr. O'Sullivan, your response, please. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm picking myself up off the floor there after that one. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, I think uh, I think Liverpool for Liverpool, the the cup final um, is a big one for them. I think the Aston Villa game was really really uh, easy for them, uh, the six 0 victory. But 
you know, when you've got a cup final coming up, um, players are always going to looking over their shoulder. They're watching themselves. You know, they're trying not to get injured. They're trying to stay fit for selection for that cup final. So, any ties around the cup final are tricky ties for a club. So, but I think uh, Klopp is a very, very good manager. I think the the fact that he won't want to lose in Germany is a very, very good point. Uh, but you never know with Liverpool. Are they going to finish above Man United? Uh, well, to be honest, possible. they're only three possible. points behind United. It's possible. Um, they could get a. a, a you know, a really good run in it. But, you know, I, I say just a word of caution again, any time a club is in a cup final, the players are always watching themselves and, uh, you know, I was surprised really that they beat Villa by 6 nil to be honest. And that cup final is on the 28th as they face uh, Manchester City at Wembley. Um, of the other cup ties, the big, big game uh, coming up on Sunday, Chelsea versus Manchester City. Um, this has all the makings of an absolute cracker, real um, top-class stuff here. On Sunday evening, who do we fancy, boys? Well, for me, it's I, momentum, as you said again, I'll go with Chelsea in this one. Chelsea have seemed to turn the corner, and I think Chelsea are playing great stuff. I think it's not to be underestimated, uh, the goalkeepers here, I think. Uh, Coutinho, if I'm pronouncing it right, yeah. Courtois. Courtois, sorry. He, he's a, I, I think, is he better than De Gea? People have their opinions of that. Mm. Um, but mm. yeah, he's De Gea, they were missing him for a large part of the season. He's been a massive player back. It's great to have Costa back, you know. But again, we're very reliant on the one striker. Pedro's just had banging in a few goals at the weekend. I think they're two very evenly matched sides. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd go with Chelsea in this one. Well, whether that's the heart speaking over the head now, I don't <laughs> know. But I'll, I'll go with Chelsea in that one. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, I think uh, I think Chelsea for me as well. Uh, you know, their form is, is is very very good at the moment. And I think when you've got a guy like Costa in the team, you know, these guys they can post goals from anywhere. But it is it is a quality matchup. Uh, it's a game that we're going to be looking forward to definitely. But uh, for me, I'm just going to come down on the on the Chelsea side. I think. All right, we're running out of time, but before we do, we just want to talk um, Six Nations over the weekend. Um, I'm sure we all witnessed the atrocity that was the 80 minutes in Paris um, over the weekend. One of the worst games of rugby, I think, I've ever seen an Ireland side completely lacking in invention, taking on a France side who were dour. Never what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I saw this coming, to be honest, that it was going to be a crap game because I, I actually tipped Ireland. I don't know why I tipped Ireland. I think I really tipped Ireland because everyone else seemed to be tipping Ireland. But looking at it now, I would have went for France because Ireland are in the middle... They're in, the mid- they're in the middle of nowhere at the moment. They're just building, mm. building it back up again. They're in transition, I think. Uh, I saw reports there that Paul O'Connell is harder replaced than Brian O'Driscoll. I'd go along with that because you can say what you want about the game rugby, but it hasn't actually changed that much in the 100 years a plus has been played. Well, Ireland's game certainly hasn't changed. Yeah, but like if you win the battle up front, you win the game. And Paul O'Connell was a huge asset in the pack. So, yeah, I would say he was harder to replace. And Ireland have plenty of backs as well, you know, to, to replace Brian O'Driscoll. But um, looking at the game, ten nine early got to just deserves really, you know. But they're just so narrow, aren't yeah. they? But yeah, they are. But I think I wouldn't worry about that. I think Ireland. I think George Smith, Irish rugby's in the right hands there. I think Ireland get it together again. You know, like but they did have a very good World Cup and they were very unlucky against Argentina. You know, you can't have that many injuries and look to beat Argentina. But I think if I, if I'd be worried for anyone, I'd be worried for French rugby. You know. But having said that. They do have a very good coach in Guy Noves because I remember when I was watching Munster all those years when I was younger, and then you'd strong to lose. And who was in front of in charge of him was Guy Noves. And I used to always say to myself, Why isn't this for the coach in France? But I'd be more worried about French rugby than Irish rugby with the way the with the way the hmm. club is taking more uh, importance yeah. over the country down there. Um, George Hook absolutely tore into Joe Schmitz afterwards in the game. He called him the Margaret Thatcher of coaching because. He is not for turning. Aidan, what do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Ireland are not clinical enough. And, and, and this is the problem. They, they seem to be getting good field position, but they don't turn them into scores. Ireland are a team that cannot score tries. Um, and even though they can get up the park uh, and get into good positions, there's no end product there. And I think that's the most worrying thing. I think, the, you know, they were bullied. They were bullied by the French all day. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a couple of cheap shots and everything. Johnny Sexton uh, was kind of taken out uh, I thought the referee was atrocious as well, but that's not making excuses for Ireland. I think they, they didn't play well enough, they don't score enough, uh, and they don't put teams under pressure enough. And they were the same against Wales, where they got into good positions but couldn't convert them into tries. And you know, I, I go along with Neville. It's 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 all about the pack, and uh, they just they were lacking something up front. They were they were lacking something, and as I say, they got bullied, and uh, and that was it. It was just an atrocious game of rugby. Ten nine. Yeah, no points uh, in the second half for Ireland tells its own story. Like. 
does, it does. And, uh, you know, it's not like a no conditions weren't great, but still. They, they're getting into the positions, but when they get there, they're, they're not scoring. And uh, they have to. They have some problems to address, particularly around uh, around scoring tries, obviously. But around the scrum, around the scrum as well. You know, the scrum was was good in parts um, against France, but you know, for you know, in the second half particularly, they was very very poor, and they were taught a scrummaging lesson by the French. And like, going back to France, I mean, these guys are. You know, I heard an interview with uh, Bernard Jackman speaking about Novet, and he said, you know, uh, as a guy for structure, um, as a rugby coach, he doesn't bring any of it. You know, he really just picks the team. And it's up to the leaders in the park to um, provide the structure for the game. Whereas Smith is completely different. You know, he's in his uh, he's in his boots, he's in his shorts, and he's down working with the players. Norbert is a completely opposite type of a coach where he picks the team, and then it's up to the lads to, to play the way they want to play. But you know, Ireland for me. Ugh. Just not good enough. Guy reminds me of um, D'Amico the Wire of rugby, to be honest with you. you know? But yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, like Ireland. I, I still think you're on about the, the scrummage in the air. We were always, sure, we got done last week against Wales. You, like, you see, people, they say, oh, Ireland have plenty of props. We don't, though. We, we mm. have plenty of loose heads. We don't have plenty of tight heads. Yeah? With Nathan White, who was a tight head, now he can't scrummage to save his life. Like, you know? <laughs> Mike Ross is 36 and. You know he's pushing on. You know if if we lose Mike Ross, you know, and we need another tight head coming through. Now who knows? There was talks that myself maybe might be coming through. But Never no. like fancy you for a game. <laughs> <this> <laughs> point, buddy. But no, but we need we need we need a tight head. You know, like uh, my, we're very we're still very much reliant to Mike Ross, and we made an absolute balls of Marty Moore by letting him go over to um, England. Or I can't think of the club, which I think is London Wasps, isn't it? or one of them. But yeah, Ireland are struggling big time at tight head, and it's funny the French tight head is is a disaster. He can't scrummage either. It's he's a huge man, but he can't scrummage. But the, the the back row for Ireland, I thought when when I saw the teams, I thought that the the you know with Stander and Heaslip and Sean O'Brien, I thought that they would pose a lot of problems for the French um, for the French up front. But it just didn't seem to happen. I know Sean O'Brien, he gave away a pen, all right, but he was he was playing okay until he had to he had to go off injured. But she, CJ Stander wasn't as um, I suppose wasn't as impressive as he was against Wales. And mm. Jamie Heaslip, you know, for a guy who is you know uh, you know a leader within that pack. He just didn't do enough for me either. Guys, have to ask, um, Johnny Sexton coming off again during this game, um, not looking um, all that too good, all, all that well, to be honest, when he came off. Didn't look happy that he was being brought off, but didn't he came off the field very gingerly. Um, George Hook has been quite vocal and uh, talking about uh, Johnny Sexton's health and saying that maybe he has to take an extended break from the game and go off and talk to his wife and his family about it. Um what do you think? I mean, like, is this guy living a charmed life at the moment? Is uh, Are we just expecting the worst from Johnny Sexton is what I'm getting at? I mean, like, the injuries are continuing to mount up and mount up and mount up. So at what stage does he say, look, enough is enough? Like, my health is my main concern here. Well, I think they need to... Uh, I think he'll get through... If he gets through the Six Nations, great. Then I think they should just give him a rest in, maybe. You know, maybe not bring him on the summer tour. Uh, I think George Hook... He, He's like I actually like George Hook very much as a pundit, but I think sometimes he's very much over the top, you know. Like, mm. uh, but I I think Sexton, look, he'll get through the Six Nations and give him a break. Then look, he he doesn't want to retire. He's in his prime at this stage, and Ireland need him, and he he is a quality old half. In my opinion, he's probably in a way he you could say he's better than O'Gara at this stage, you know. But um, yeah, I that's I think George Hook is just going OTT again with us, you know. Well, I think I think there's two things to, to consider with, with Six Nations rugby at that level. Number one, it's very, very fast. And number two, it's extremely attritional. I mean, you know, particularly when you're playing at a 10, you know, he is going to be targeted, and he was targeted by the by the French all day. But I think his game was different to the game against Wales. Um, in, against Wales, he attacked the line an awful lot. And um, against the French, he didn't seem to do it. Now, Conor Murray was very quiet as well, so both halfbacks were... Or quiet. So I think uh, Johnny Sexton. He does seem to be picking up injuries, though, doesn't he? He does seem to be taken off the field of play an awful lot. So you know whether uh, whether he's being targeted and uh, his back row is not protecting him, then maybe that's something else they have to look at. But uh, you know Johnny Sexton is a quality player. You know he's he's been a great player for Leinster, uh, and he will be again. Um, does he need a break? I think. Look, let's as Neville said, let's get through the Six Nations and we'll see then. England uh, picking up their second win of the competition and doing so relative ease against Italy. So they're looking at the team to beat. Yeah, I think it's going to be between England and Wales. Really, to be honest with you, I watched uh, I watched both these games. <coughs> Wales 
got through the Scotland game. Scotland, they're they're still a good side, but they lack someone with a cutting edge out in the back line. You know, to give them that they're a solid team, but they don't have someone that can make the break. Kind of like Ireland on Saturday against France. England, though, you know Eddie Jones, he really suits England. Real cocky coach as well. Like you know, hmm. he he said before the Italy game, we need to go over there and we need to hammer Italy. You know, like what what kind of disrespect is that like for a coach? You know, but you can think that and you can say that to your players. Yeah. Don't sit in public. No, you know, but. Uh, I think yeah it's going to be a shoot off between England and Wales England are building quite nicely and I think who knows they could I don't think they'll ever get to the heights maybe in 2003 but it looks like they might be heading to a strong team like that once again maybe and Wales beating Scotland as well it looked like the Scots might have had a chance they certainly put up a brave fight but uh, Wales just having that little bit too much yeah I think uh, that the, the Scots again they they played well in Paris, but uh, I think Wales just had a bit too much quality for them uh, in the end. And uh, it was nice to see actually uh, North coming up with a uh, yeah. brilliant try to, to seal the victory for the Welsh. Really, he's a guy that uh, you know he's um, he's had his injury problems, um, and uh, you know for him to come up and it was a great try actually to, to win the game. But you know the Scots and Wales, I, I think Wales could challenge England. I think England will be the favourites to win the competition out. Uh, I think Wales could uh, perhaps challenge them um, somewhat. But uh, for me. Um, at this point it's England all the way I think Ireland still have a, a big say in this tournament though like mm. we'll, we'll go to Twickenham and everyone loves the side of a white jersey being an Irishman so I think uh, Ireland could uh, go, Ireland, I wouldn't be surprised if Ireland beat England at Twickenham so I think there's still a long way to go I don't think we'll get a final day like we got last year which was freakish and just phenomenal mm. but mm. I, I think Ireland have a fair say in it and I do think it's England's to lose They'll have to get the scrum right, Neville. Though, if they if they, if they scrum is like that against against England, they'll get they'll, oh, they'll like get hammered. Oh, it'll be a, a Tom Court story <laughs> all over again yeah. from three years ago. Yeah. You know, but that's something that they, they have to nail down and and uh, and the breakdown as well. So, like England are flying at the moment; they're coming off a really really good uh, win against Italy. Um, just kind of target practice for them, really. Pre- but pre- uh, they, and and at Twickenham, they'll be very very difficult to beat. And Ireland are they in the form? You know, are they are they playing well enough to go over there and challenge them? Yeah, I think we should start a hashtag prayer for Mike Ross. You know, because we've barely need him back. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's just so important to that Irish team, isn't he? And he has been for years. For years, he's been doing it, and uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed. Finally, lads, um, the National Hurling League uh, getting underway yesterday. The defending champions Waterford defeating the All Ireland champions Kilkenny by fourteen points to ten. Galway defeating Cork uh, one twenty-seven to one twenty-one. I spoke to uh, Cork selector Pat Ryan yesterday. Said they're taking the positives from the game. A lot of worried articles appearing though about Cork uh, in the media today. So, Aiden, is there danger that people are reading too much into to one game? Ah, uh, yeah, definitely, um, definitely, Rory. I mean, it's it, it is the league after all, um, you know. And, and Galway are a good side, so uh, mm. no, I wouldn't be reading too much into it. Um, the league is for um, experimentation. They're going to try different combinations. They're going to try out guys in different positions. Um, so I wouldn't be getting too worried about it. Um, you know, it's uh, it is the league after all. Unless you make a good run in the league, you know, and get to the final, then you want to try and win it, you know. But as you said, as Aidan said, it's all about experimentation in the league. I think, uh, although I have been saying, I would would be worried about Cork hurlers. I don't think we have the players there anymore. I can't understand why, like a hurling county like Cork. But I don't think, like I think the footballers we've an array of talent in the footballers. But I would be worried, like if you look at Seamus Herndy, um I suppose Conor Lahan, a few other fellas. After that, then we're really struggling for serious quality to match the likes of Kilkenny. So. Yeah, I, w- I would. I'd still be. I'd still be worried looking at last year, the championship to manage with you. It'll be interesting to see how Cork do this year. Uh, boys, that is it from us. Um, Aiden, thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, guys. Yeah, I get you in the studio. Got to see your beautiful face for the next episode. <laughs> we'll try, you we'll might try have to wear a mask though to, for it to be beautiful, but we'll move on. <laughs> Uh, Neville, thank you very much indeed. A reminder uh, to check out Bench Warmers on social media tomorrow for the competition giveaway. Yeah, we'll start it tomorrow evening around 5 o'clock going up to Champions League. So, yeah, if you're you're not in, you can't win, as they say. And to follow Bench Warmers on social media BE Warmers, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can follow us at Corks Red FM. At Big Red Bench is our show. We're at redfm.ie as well. It's been a co production of the Bench Warmers and Corks Red FM. Thank you very much for listening, folks. We're back next week.